For our first reading from the prophet Jeremiah, it's all one section, but there's two parts to it. The people are speaking in one, and then Jeremiah's response in his prayer to the Lord. We know that, hopefully, we know the story of Jeremiah, that he was sent to his own people with the great job, the great task of telling them that they are sinners and they were going to hell. I mean, it's a wonderful task to be given. And he didn't want it, he fought against it. But the Lord promised to be with him, to give him the words to sustain him in his mission. And so he does it. He calls them out of darkness, calls them out of their sin, and calls them to the greatness to which they were created. And the people didn't like it. So they said, come, let's contrive a plot against Jeremiah. And then interestingly, they go on to say, it will not mean the loss of instruction from our priests, nor the counsel from the wise, nor the messages from the prophets. So we can infer from this that the priests and the wise and the prophets were not speaking for God. That, like St. Paul says in the New Testament, that people will start turning away from the truth and turn towards those who tickle their ears. This is what it seems like was happening with the Jewish leadership at the time of Jeremiah, because they were confident if they killed this thorn in their side who was preaching to them the truth, that they could continue hearing the teachings of the priests and the wise and the prophets. Very similar situation that we find today, even in our church, where some who, are, who have been given the charge to preach the truth, the hard truth, would rather placate and play nice with the sins of the world and try to get everyone to go along. And when someone does rise up to preach the hard truth, that person gets canceled. That person gets slid to the side. Because we want to keep the comfortable words coming towards us and not be challenged in our sin. This is what happened to Jeremiah, and it happens to us today. So we have to be careful to whom are we listening? It's part of our Lenten practices allowing us to shave off all the fluff, the comfortable you know, stuff that we surround ourselves with to get to the hard truth of salvation, which requires death to self. That death to self that Jesus preached so boldly it's that death to self that he was reminding his followers today that that's why he was going to Jerusalem. They were on their way, and he pulled them to the side and said, hey, just so you don't forget, this is what's about to happen to me. And then, as typical through the Gospels, whenever Jesus presents to his followers the reality of Jerusalem, it's just a very inappropriate or non-sequitur for their response. This time, well, can we be first and second in your kingdom? Can we be the greatest? I mean, this doesn't follow of what Jesus told them, their response. But again, we can look at the, the greatness 
of the response of Jesus. As he responded to his apostles' desire for greatness. And it's a truth for each one of us to take. Because we all desire greatness in some way or another. This is why we have to be careful to whom we listen. Because the world, the elites, tell us that puffing up the self is what makes me great. Being an influencer in people's lives. Having the biggest mark on the most number of people. Having the most people who know who my name is. And it doesn't matter who I have to step over or what type of dirty deals I have to do just so that my name can be first in the lights. We want to be seen as great. We want to be recognized as the best. But that's not what Jesus says. He says, don't act like the rulers of this world who lorded over them. If you want to be great, he says, then be the least. If you want to be great, be the servant of all. This is what true greatness looks like. It's that radical reorientation that we as disciples of Jesus are called to. He didn't tell them don't desire greatness. He redirected them to what true greatness is. And this is what our our practices of Lent should help. To redirect the waywardness of our heart and our minds so that we're not taken over by the lies of this world and the the ear ticklers even in the church. But we can walk with Jesus to Jerusalem and willingly suffer with him, trusting that true greatness and glory is waiting for us. So ask for that grace to be the servant, to be the slave, to be last. For this is what true greatness is. And this is what Christ is calling each one of us to.